0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode from a Lancashire Lass. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow so you can keep up to date with when each new episode is out. Today's episode is with Cuckoo Jin, and it was really really interesting. We talk about gin, all the gins and different spirits they produce, and also we do a live gin tasting on the podcast, so stay tuned as you don't want to miss it. Joining me today is Tom Fitzpatrick from Cuckoo Gin, who is the brand developer and events manager. How are you doing today?
1: I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Lucy. Appreciate it.
0: No problem. Um So Cuckoo Gin is based in Brindle in Lancashire. And so I thought it'd be really good to have them on the podcast to talk about gin, local gin, how it's, you know, um, diversified sort of the farm and things like that. So do you want to talk about sort of how the um, how the idea of the company and sort of the business came about?
1: Yeah, so it all started really. I will mention a few names so people know what I'm talking about. So uh, the family who own the farm uh, are called the Singletons. So there's Jared and Kath, so uh, husband and wife. They own this piece of farmland in Brindle. Uh, It's been in Jared's family for about 100 years now. It's been for a long, long time. Uh, It's been various things over the years. Um, His father, Peter, actually still lives on the farm at the house. Uh, she's just at the top at the entrance. I just pointed then, like people watching, but yeah, <laughs> <I'm not listening.
2: laughs>
1: Um but But uh, yeah, so if you ever came to the distillery the house, that's where his father Peter lives, and he's been here for sort of 80 odd of, odd of those years now. So he's oh. been in the family for a long time. Um, in sort of the past 30 years, there's not been a hell of a lot happening on the farm, really. It's uh, been used for various different uh, businesses. I think it was used as a car park at one time for HGB lorries off the motorway. It's been used for a lot of things. Um, Jared kind of had this vision uh, to to diversify and to do something with the land, which has been in the family for so long. And kind of started really when uh, Mark, so our our now director and master distiller Mark Long, married Jared's daughter Liz. Yeah. Liz, sorry. Uh, In 2016, they have been together for a a long, long time, but they got married in uh, 2016. Uh And that kind of, and then Mark kind of joined the family then. And Gerard was like, right, let's do something with uh, with the farm. And Mark's background was uh, food and drink. So he's a chef, trained as a chef, uh, went to uni, got a degree in hospitality, etc. And then from there, got a, a really good corporate job working for a company called Continental Fine Foods. Uh, I think they're based over in Trafford.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he kind of gained a bit of experience then of working with big contracts like uh, supermarkets like Aldi and Marks and Spencers, Asda, etc. Uh, and With this in mind, Jared kind of knew that he had a bit of an insight into, into the world of consumerism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically what they wanted to do was make use of the family farm uh, and come up with an idea where they could, one, secure the farm for future generations, to uh, bring something into the community as well, so some tourism, et cetera, uh, to make their own consumable products, which Mark always had in mind to do, but kind of didn't have either the resources or someone else's uh, drive like Jared's yeah. uh, to, to, to get him going. So that was 2016 when uh, the idea came about and. They launched in 2017, so it was kind of a year properly planning it and uh, uh, and getting their head round uh, the alcohol industry. Basically, that's just a brief encounter, really, of what what they probably went through planning it. Yeah. Um, I make I make it sound glamorous. I'm sure it was really, really hard work, but I wasn't around for that uh, when they uh, when they initially started the company.
0: So the company. Was is Brindle Distillery? So is that an and Cookie gin? That's what got started at, in twenty
1: seventeen. Yeah, so I think there was a few ideas knocking about um, for the different things they could have got into. I'm sure they. Um, I'm sure most people know that with farmers these days, it's pretty tough uh, being an independent farmer. There's not a, a hell of a lot of money being made uh, in terms of uh, in in that field, excuse the pun, um, for, for what farmers are doing. A lot of the supermarkets have kind of made sure of that in terms of like milk and, uh, and other produce like that, it's pretty tough to, to be up against the big contracts. Mm. So a lot of diversification is happening. Farm shops, uh, different farms going into things like that, uh, and also going into some different kind of food products as well but I think Mark and Jared kind of seen a window of opportunity uh, with gin. It's probably at its height of its popularity in 2016. Um, And I think they kind of saw that they could do things a little bit different as well. So what they did was create Brindle Distillery as a, a, I guess, kind of a canvas brand. Um, And then from there, it was Brindle Distillery that made Cuckoo Gin. Yeah. And I was saying...
0: I was reading that it said sort of like from farm to bottle and that a lot of your ingredients are made on farm. And I was, I was watching the video where everyone's sort of talking and it was saying how um, the water is from, there's a spring on the farm and that's where the, the, and it was saying like most gin, like there's a lot of water in gin and all the water comes from this spring. Um, What other ingredients do they, how, like, what else do they make on the farm for the gin? So
1: I think that was why, uh, Initially, why Jeremy and Mark wanted to, and uh, uh, why they thought this idea would work, was uh, kind of either outsource the, the distillation method, uh, so you can make a brand. So there's many examples I won't mention any, <laughs> where you can um, you can make a brand and then ask a, a large distillery to make the gin for you, and then you just market the gin. Yeah. Um, so, and that's fine. That's it's one way of doing it, um, and. Uh, Many people have done very well out of that. I think Joan and Mark wanted to be uh, upfront and honest with their approach. They wanted to do everything um, on the farm. And that comes from, like you said, the spring water. So we have a spring a couple of fields back, uh, which feeds directly into the distillery. And uh, we we use that in our distillation method. Other things we've been able to grow uh, on the farm, obviously, and you'll know because you're local, the weather's generally terrible.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, when we get sunny days, it's something we try and keep hold of, isn't it? It's, it's, uh, it's very generally quite wet and windy around here. So in terms of growing exotic things like uh, fruits, so things like raspberries and oranges and lemons, it can't be done in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we outsource them. And we use a company in Preston. Uh, to get them from various different countries in the EU, so like Spain and, and Italy and places like that. Uh, but things we can grow, uh, we grew barley um, in the fields behind the farm to make alcohol. Mm-hmm. So the, the main idea behind Brindle Distillery foraging in the beginning was um, to make everything from scratch. So that's where the farm to bottle slogan comes from. Uh, we grow barley, we harvest it, uh, and then we then make alcohol from that barley. Uh, and that's put into the gins using the spring water, and then we grow things like uh, rosemary. Uh, we can uh, uh, rosemary is probably the one we, we grow the most uh, in terms of what we put into our gins. Now things like elderflower grow naturally on the farm. Um, we have put, uh, wildflowers in a field directly behind um, the distillery as well, which. I'll get on to a little bit later when we start talking about, obviously, what gins we do. But there's there's many things you can kind of have a crack and have a go at growing things. Yeah. Because you're often up against the weather is the
0: problem. Yeah, especially in the Northwest, it's always so rainy and windy. Like, literally now, it's just a gale outside. It's horrible. But I think that's really good and unique about cuckoo is how they're very, like, it's so sort of sourced also locally and i think that's like a really unique thing and also yeah how um which we'll get on to talking about later but how like you do like tours of the distillery and like workshops and things so you're very open about showing people what you do and then let them learning about it really good as well um yeah
2: exactly
0: is it quite is it i said i also read that it's like quite sustainable like you're really thinking about how you can
1: Improve the environment, kind of thing, yeah. I think mean, that's kind of intertwined with what we can grow, um, on the front when we can, obviously, um, when the weather's good enough. We try and uh, uh, grow as much as we can, but obviously, we can't do like I mentioned with the lemons and oranges and stuff, it's yeah. just not hot enough, uh, and juniper doesn't grow, that's... Uh, that. Well, in this country, so our juniper comes from from Italy, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, in terms of the sustainability, it was another thing that was that was really important to Mark and Jared. And when I came on board in uh, 2018. It was, that was kind of what sold it to me, really. Yeah. I think we can all do a little bit more, can't we, in terms of sustainability and uh, and being green and, and the recycled element of life. I definitely have been guilty in the past of not doing it in my personal life. So to be able to do it through work, it's been, it's been pretty good. Yeah. We do things like uh, a lot of the grain, um, which is uh, wasted from making alcohol. So what you get, you get something called a mash. Mm -hmm. So it's all the waste grain for making alcohol. Um, Most of that's fed back to the livestock. Um, So it's fed back to the cows and then the cows obviously eat it. And then, yeah. I'm not going into detail,
0: but <laughs> yeah, it's all
1: yeah. gone back onto the land for fertilisation, then for the next crop. And um, that's a big side of the of the, of the uh, sustainability. We also heat heat the still uh, and heat the, uh, the the distillery via a biomass heater. Wow. Which what we can do is burn things in that heater, and it heats the water and heats the still. So we're not using much electricity. Yeah. So that's that was a big
0: part of, of the sustainability of the distillery as well yeah that's good um so we were talking about like in 2017 2018 when gin became popular why did it become so popular because I remember like when I was just like 18 or so so that was like like five five years ago I remember it being like an old person drink and like not that popular whereas now it's so classy and like Pot,
1: like why has that happened? Do you think? Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's kind of had a bit of a, a, a resurgence, gin. So it's probably, I mean, I say 2016, 17. That's probably when it was at its peak, and you were seeing so so many people starting uh, gin distilleries and starting gin brands in 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 the country. Yeah, kind of when England, Great Britain, had its its boom of gin, but probably started um around 2008 Uh so have you heard of Sipsmith gin yeah yeah Yeah. so it's a pretty big brand now they've they've done really well Sipsmith wanted to they basically wanted to uh, start the first uh, gin distillery within the city limits of London for the first time in a long long time Uh, and it couldn't happen because the law stated so the government brought a law in a long, long time ago um, when people were making gin as it were then so we're talking like the seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds. People were making gin in the bathtubs at home and whatever they could find really. Uh, and it was this stuff was loopy stuff basically. So yeah. people were drinking it so much that people were dying from it. And there's a famous uh, drawing called Gin Lane. Mm-hmm. And, and this drawing uh, it shows like different things happening in London. And it's because of this gin. There's like a woman dangling her baby over the Thames and fighting and, and like and yeah. just, just general pandemonium really. So the government had to do something about it and they made a law where you needed a three thousand litre still mm-hmm. uh, to make to make gin. So obviously no one could get hold of a three thousand litre. Back in the day, so that's why your big companies like Gordon's, Bombay, Beefier, yeah. uh, Tankery, them big companies, uh, that's why they dominated gin for sort of 200 years, really. Yeah,
2: because
1: uh, the law allowed them to, to market and sell gin, so that's why you probably get. And like, I I will agree, it's definitely something I viewed as an old person drink when I was 17, 18. Yeah, something you find in like your grandma's cabinet and
2: 100%. Sneak,
1: sneak it and drink it and think what is that but it's because it's it was alcohol <laughs> you'd just drink it anyway
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but then Smith came along and they wanted to open this trendy distillery and they did uh, and after that it was just kind of like people jumping on uh, this very boozy bandwagon and you got companies then like Hendrix who changed the game with putting cucumber and rose petals in gin uh, and then you got other companies like uh, Whitley Neal, which is better, like you see so much Whitley Neal on, on the market now. Uh, and yeah, after that, it just kind of took off. And it's sort of in the past four or five years when it's been really, really popular. And um, It's like... Quite
0: yeah, it's what you think of like in summer, like a glamorous kind yeah. of gin in your hand, like chatting with people at the pub, all that we wish for now. We're in lockdown, but... <laughs> i think uh, like, it's it's definitely trendier with like my age as well like when i was at uni people would be like oh let's have a gin and some of them are actually really reasonable some that you mentioned are like ridiculously expensive um but but i would always have like if i was in a night out i'd have just like gin and tonic or gin and lemonade because it was quite cheap and i remember it being Gordon's. and i'm like i do not like that taste at all but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that i'd have um why don't you explain then how you
1: make the gin? Like, how long does it take from, like, the barley and the distillery? Yeah, yeah what is It so de- de- depends on what process the, the distillery uses, but in terms of cuckoo, uh, and this is probably why you see so many gins, because of how quick the process is. So, oh. in terms of making alcohol, so it'll probably take around a week to make enough alcohol to then... Uh, to then distill gin with. So the process of making alcohol is really difficult. So so now we're four years in, we still make alcohol, but we don't make it. Um, we basically don't make it in bulk like we used to because we wouldn't have been able to keep up yeah. um, with demand. Um, I don't think we would have grown as much as we have if we would have continued making the gin purely from the alcohol that we made. So what we do now is we've made, uh, we make a barley-based uh, alcohol, which we now use as like a liquid botanical. So about 50 litres of that goes into the the initial solution.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we use a wheat-based ethanol, uh, which is made in the northwest as well. Um, and we mix the two together, basically. So once you've got your alcohol, and it's obviously before we knew how um, how much quicker the process is when you buy in some alcohol, you yeah. can make it in, in literally a day. Really? So if you've got the right ingredients and you've got the equipment, so obviously you need a still. Yeah. Uh, we've got a 400-litre a f- a copper pot still from Hamburg in Germany, a co- company called Coffee. Our still is called Maggie. Yeah. So it's named after the great auntie of the Singleton family, Auntie Margaret. Um, she was 94. Or she, you know, she was 104, I think, when she died. And she was a big fan of gin. So, yeah. We, say, we tell a story that she used to drink a bottle of gin a day when we do the tours and stuff. And we thought, and then we always just display it like it's just a bit of fun. She probably did, didn't yeah. drink a bottle of gin a day. What but does, uh, she was fond of a gin.
0: What does like the still do? Like, the I've process, been, yeah. Yeah, I've been on a tour of one in Scotland. and... Hmm. But
1: I can't actually. <laughs> we're that good then, though.
2: No, it's not as good as yours. I no, they it me.
1: won't be. Well, we're well, world well, well renowned now for our toys. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so in terms of the, the process of distillation, it's uh, it starts obviously for when you've got your. I wish I could show you it, but no one can see it anyway, can they? Yeah, so I'll that, have to do my best that, to describe it. That
0: just means that when COVID's over, they will need to come to cook Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, i
1: yeah, will have to come and see it when, when everything's over. But in, essentially, it's a, a piece of equipment which has a container at the bottom of it where you put your alcohol in and then there's a few different processes behind it. But what we do with Maggie is there's two distillation processes. So I'll talk you through the first one, which is called vapor infusion
2: mm-hmm.
1: so with vapor infusion you put your alcohol into the body of the still at about 50 52% ABD mm-hmm. so you'll stick it in at that strength so you mix it with obviously alcohol mix it with the spring water into the body of the still and above the in between the head of the still and the another piece of equipment called the condenser there's a, a little chamber uh, with a basket in it. And in this basket, you'll put your ingredients. So you'll put your your juniper, your coriander, your angelica, your citrus, or your lemon, your grapefruit, your orange. So uh, I'll describe the signature gin. So the signature gin is the first one that we launched. So you put all your ingredients in the basket. You'll turn the still on. When it gets to 75 degrees, which is the boiling point for alcohol, you'll start to see uh, the thermometer go up in the head of the still and vapor will rise through the head Mm -hmm. over into the basket, into the chamber, and it'll pick up all the essential oils then from the botanicals. So your juniper, coriander, your orange, grapefruit, lemon, uh, almond, Mm -hmm. all the stuff that goes into the signature. And then it'll go into the condenser and turn back into a liquid. Mm -hmm. So it's the heat, the cold of the condenser, into a liquid it'll come out at about 89% ABV so that's your gin so it comes out 89% strength so you don't want any of that because it'll just be a bit disastrous it'll be your last hangover put it that way
2: yeah
1: <laughs> it wouldn't be, be any good for you um and then once you've got your 89% uh, solution you uh, cut it with the spring water so put it into a container cut it with spring water down to so the signature is 43%.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then we filter and bottle it on site. Wow. So it goes through a filter. Then we've got a four-head uh, bottle filler. Uh, so my colleague, Thomas, he, uh, he's head of bottling, labelling, and, and sort of everything to do with the distillery. He's, he's a backbone of the distillery, basically. Without him, I don't know where we'd be. We'd be he's, a, he's an actual machine. So he'll bottle it and label it and handwrite the batch numbers on the top. Wow. And then stick in a box into the warehouse and then if me and my colleague Mark are doing our jobs properly people buy it <laughs> so that's the process and you can do that in a day so you can get about
0: so how long um, you take you know from like when you said it were from when it boils the
1: alcohol boils yeah. to drop into the- uh, it's probably about between four four and six hours something like that depending on what you're making that's so cool. it's like a day of work basically and then what we normally do, we would distill. For instance, we distill on the Monday, put it in a container, cut it down to 43%, and then the next day we bottle it. Uh, you probably get about 700 bottles wow. out of a run. So we're still, I mean, 700 bottles sounds a lot, but in terms of kind of the grand scheme of things, it's uh, we're still relatively small batch. But obviously, we're still doing a hand bottling and stuff. And as we grow, we'll have to get a bottling machine and a labeling machine, I think, but the time being we can keep up with just Thomas and a couple of people helping him when yeah. we're really busy.
0: So how did they come up with Cuckoo like how did that name come about?
1: Yeah so Cuckoo um Names was a funny one so I always like hearing the, the story behind the Names.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Mark and Mark and Jared would, uh they, when they were learning their craft so when they were learning how to make gin they bought a little still so you can buy a mini still. Uh, so our workshops which we do at the distillery you'll use a mini spill to make your yeah, bottle I've of gin so they bought one of them, essentially and then started making gin over weekend and practicing and getting advice off people and it was pretty, pretty terrible for the first sort of 30 odd attempts that they were making this bottle of gin uh, and then they got a little bit of advice then from, from someone who actually uh, consulted with Sipsmith back in the day someone who kind of pointing them in the right direction in terms of flavour profiling and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, once they got the 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 recipe down there, then obviously need to talk about branding. And you'll see yourself when you go out. I am worse for it now because I'm a it's my job to make sure that branding is looking good. Yeah <laughs> uh, and selling and attractive. So when I'm out and about and I'm in a bar or somewhere that sells gin, etc, there's so many lovely bottles. Yeah. colours and names started around. It's just like a big, it's a big, big thing to make sure. Obviously, your liquid has to be good, but the bottle and the brand has to be attractive as well. Yeah. What you find is, what I found is, there can be a really nice bottle and the gin can be pretty terrible, um, which happens quite often. We did want to go down that route, so we have to make sure that everything was, was bob on. It was a, a chap called Graham. And his wife, Nina, uh, they were, uh, around the same time we were starting the distillery, they were starting their own design company called Design by Grey. Uh, and they actually met Liz. Uh, it was like a business uh, course uh, in Lancashire somewhere. And Liz was kind of saying, oh, this guy, Graham, he's uh, starting his own design agency. And we kind of took, took that on board and asked Graham to come up with some ideas and he came back with Cuckoo. Um, which is a nod back to Brindle. So if you're from Brindle, born and bred, you are called a cuckoo. So the people in Brindle are called cuckoos. Yeah, so it's something I didn't know either. I mean, I'm not from, I'm from Lancashire. I'm from a sort of colour away. So I'd never actually heard of Brindle <laughs> until, I, until I'd met Jared and Mark. And they were saying, oh, people from Brindle are called cuckoos. And I thought, that's a really interesting story. And then Graham kind of, said oh it's it's an old farmer's tale and then jerry was like oh yeah i'm a, i'm a cuckoo i'm from Brindle. that's
0: cool because what? and like what you said like if i was to go into a bar and i didn't want like the gordons or the the other big like ferns and um, mm. i just look for like a pretty bottle or like a nice fun logo and be like oh i'll try that one Um, i remember one one time i was in lincoln with my boyfriend i didn't know any of them i didn't have my glasses on either which didn't help but i was like oh i like the look of the sparkly bottle and it was like 17 pound and i was like i am so sorry it was just a pretty bottle but yeah like the branding (laughs) i like it it's good um i've got a bottle here actually so then you then so you started like small like doing that but then you're in you're selling in supermarkets now aren't you
1: yeah, so obviously Graham's come out of this idea, Brindle Cuckoo. So it's a it's an old farmer's tale where basically the farmers of Brindle would wait for the first call of the cuckoo and then spring had arrived. They could harvest and make money. So they built a big wall around this cuckoo because they thought if we keep it in the village, it means it's sunny all year round, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously a silly idea. The bird flew away so the, the wives called them cuckoo because it was a silly idea. So ever since then, the folklore is that anyone from Brindle is called a cuckoo. So we got the branding down and then we released the signature gin then, uh, which has gone on now to still kind of four years later, um, probably our second most popular product, multi-award winning uh, across sort of in America and in Europe uh, and in this country as well. So it's done really well and it's probably our proudest, the first and probably our proudest one that we've done, um, yeah. the signature. Um, but it was kind of Mark in the beginning. Mark was Master Distiller, Head of Sales, Brand Development, so sort of going out on his own and uh, the family would then get involved in various events that they were doing. And I think it was uh, Boobs, sort of Booth's supermarket,
2: yeah. which
1: is probably, you always I always associated Booth's with the
0: north
1: yeah it's the weight the, the shows of the north i guess in it? yeah people don't <laughs>
0: know what a booze is, and i'm like you are missing
1: out yeah. it's amazing <laughs> yeah it is the one it's my favorite supermarket Yeah, i can only shop there on that pay there to be honest but like, i do try and go <laughs> when i can go but yeah booze got in touch uh well mark got in touch with booze and um, there's a great chap at booze called pete newton i have to mention him he's uh he's been amazing for our brand and he's uh He's, he's a head buyer, basically, for, for Spirits and stuff at, at Boobs. And um, I think he kind of came to Mark with, one, plenty of advice, and two, an order, which is brilliant. Um, um, so quite quite early on in the launch of the signature, that he went into Boobs, and I think that really helped sort of put us on a different kind of platform. And from that, Boobs have kind of stocked every product that we've released since, yeah. and really stuck by us, and really driven not only us to improve, but especially during COVID, during the pandemic, booze have been absolutely amazing. And uh, probably our best account to date, really. But from that, it's kind of, you get more recognition then. So people will say, oh, I've seen you in booze. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I got your bottle from, et cetera. So it kind of opens you up then for uh, for your brand to grow. And then... In terms of other things, we got we got wait shows this year, well, last year twenty twenty, cool. um, just wait shows in this area though. So we got uh, it's like local, well,
2: yeah, got,
1: uh, so down to like uh, Cheshire, and then up to well Watley Dale, the one in Preston, yeah. yeah, that one,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. So it was them that we initially contacted, and then we got a few more local ones from that, in, like Greater Manchester, Cheshire, Lancashire, so. Yeah, that's another another uh, another window which we went down, and then we're in uh, a couple of local Morrison's. But yeah, in terms of supermarkets, that's kind of where we are. The big supermarkets we we're nowhere near that, and I don't think we'd want to kind of be in there just yet anyway. Because
0: um, I was going to ask, how much do they order? Like, what's the turnaround with the supermarkets
1: and their demand? Yeah, so in terms of that, if you're in a big supermarket like Tesco's, as to but it's Morrisons but Morrisons kind of a little bit better at just supporting local I guess yeah Um, in terms of if there's a few local Morrisons and you're a brand from that area they'll support you Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of Tesco and big big uh, contracts like that I'm probably not the best person to ask because I've never dealt with uh, big supermarkets like that but Mark will probably tell you it's Talking thousands and thousands of bottles of order.
2: Wow.
1: Um So that's kind of where you go into it. So you're a different kettle of fish then. You sort of, if you're getting orders from Tesco and Asda, then me and Mark wouldn't be in here in the distillery. Do you know what I mean? It'd be, we'd be a massive, massive outfit then. It'd become like a completely different operation. So we'd probably have to wear a suit to work every day and become this <laughs> big, big. Uh, organisation it's not something that we're no. anywhere near so but
2: like but we,
1: no, we, no one can see me but I'm in like a fleece and tacky <laughs> bottoms you know what I mean so it's not we're not quite there yet in terms of big supermarkets
0: but then like in terms of booths and the ones you
1: supply at the moment what's their demand like for you yeah so it's like uh especially with booths, uh Weichos has been kind of only since November and mm-hmm. um, and it's only the sunshine in actually that's in in Waitrose them local ones so that's like still good but not the demand that we get from booze so like I said booze is probably our biggest our biggest customer yeah and they order the most, so we're, yeah that's kind of the outlet in which probably most people will buy cuckoo from if they're not buying it from from us directly
0: yeah and so how many gins do you do you make and do you make anything other than gin
1: yeah so we make obviously I mentioned the signature gin uh, which is kind of our flagship and uh, the first one we did and what set the, uh, the bar. Yeah. And then Mark released uh, a Spice gin mm-hmm. in the November of 2017. So we launched June 2017 with a signature uh, and then Mark, which he'll probably tell you himself, he probably launched the Spice a little bit too early. He probably got a bit giddy and thought, going to release a new gin before Christmas. In the first sort of six months we were we were operating and they released the spice gin which has now become um kind of like a cult classic for us really so it's one of those that you've got a handful of people who like spice is my favorite cup of gin but you're very rarely find, find the people it's quite strange we do really we do really well with the spice like big consumer shows that we do mm-hmm. uh like the good food show bbc good food show in birmingham and yeah. Junipalooza in London and stuff like that we do really well with the spice but in terms of like an all-rounder spice is probably overlooked a little bit
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but it is a fantastic gin really is a bit it's really different as well and then when I started in God when was it my years are all over the place after 2020 it's not me for six um, 2018 2018 that's it yeah. Um. so I started May 2018 I met I met Mike and Jared and the family I a. I was opening a restaurant actually in Manchester at the time. I used to work in Manchester a couple of bars and restaurants over a few years, and the company I worked for were opening a new one in the Corn Exchange, uh, just across from the cathedral there. And there was a gin festival, on and one of the perks of the job at the time was going to these gin festivals and.
0: Oh,
1: nice. And, yeah, and trying different gins and seeing what we could kind of put behind the back bar. We we opened a specialist gin bar uh, at this this restaurant. And Cuckoo was one of the gins that I tried, and I met Mark and I met Jared and I think Liz was there as well, and and Kath, and I think Alice was there. I just kind of related to them straight away. Jared was like, oh, we're from Lear Blackman and all this. And they were like, oh, didn't think there was a gin that close to home, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And it was nice to kind of chat to them and I kept it in mind I, I just always found uh, like everyone says the branding is amazing I was kind of always went back to it and thought I wouldn't mind working for them one day it's just a bit of a pipe dream at the time then I invited Mark to come to come to the restaurant to do some staff training but I weren't really bothered about the staff training I just wanted to ask him for a job <laughs> um, so he'd come in and before he left, I asked him if he had any work, and he was like, not at the moment, but I'll keep you in mind. I didn't think anything of it, and then a couple of weeks later, he'd give me a bell, and he was like, I would like to do something with you. Oh,
2: nice. Kind
1: of, Yeah, it was good. It was like, um, I was kind of coming to the end of my love for the for that industry, the restaurant bar industry. I loved it like just, uh, when I worked in it, and it was grinding me down a bit. I thought I'd love to go on to something else. Still... Alcohol related, but, yeah.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> um, but something that's not as not as gruelling, really. Or well, I thought it wasn't as gruelling. it's Definitely been just as gruelling doing this as working a bar shift. But yeah, when I started, we released uh, the sunshine gin. Yeah, um, that is,
2: one is lovely.
1: Yeah, everyone says the same. It's the. It's probably if you ask nine out of ten people who are fans of Cuckoo, they probably say the sunshine is the. Uh, the favourite one, and it's, it proves itself, really. It's Mark wanted to release a flavoured gin uh, because, again, like I said, the peak of, we we'll call them dry gins, so like stuff like the signature and spice, we're taking a bit of a downturn, and then things like rhubarb and ginger were coming out, and, and raspberries and strawberries and, and all different kind of flavoured gins, and then probably that shimmery one you see um, in Lincoln.
2: Yeah.
1: All this stuff was coming out that if you shook, you shook it, and it's like diamonds in it and stuff, and all this, uh, all these things were happening. So Mark wanted to make a flavored gin, which is basically uh, flavored, so nice and sweet, but made naturally, uh-huh. um, and we collaborated with the B Center, which was based at Sandby Hall, up until just before Christmas. Then our based on the farm here with us. Uh, the Bee Centre. So the Bee Centre, basically, uh, they have hives and they make Wancashire honey. And we collaborated with them to put honey into the Sunshine Gin, and that's how that was born. And yeah, the Sunshine kind of um, kind of gave us a new, it wasn't even a, a year into Cuckoo being in existence, but it kind of was like another relaunch, really. Uh, and yeah. the, the Sunshine, it's, it opened up a completely different market for us and made my job easy to settle into because it was such a good gin and it was kind of it was selling itself so it probably made me look really good yeah but it, wasn't. <laughs> it was so actually me selling it it was the, the, the bottle and everything's amazing and the taste and so yeah we'd released down three gins and that was kind of it yeah um in terms of gin was
0: um, the sunshine one the one that was released around when liz had her child was that that one Yes. Especially
1: so There, there then, was a batch of olive, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we got one of
0: those and my dad came back like,
1: oh, this genius for the the baby and I was like, I like <laughs> that <laughs> Yeah. It's a nice uh so the story goes that we uh it was actually released the week that Olive was born, so Mark and his daughter Olive was born uh in May twenty eighteen. Yeah. And it was Mark was and everyone at the show was kind of getting ready to watch this gin. And he was like, oh, I'm going to have to go. And I kind of got a baby on the way. <laughs> so we released the gin. And it was my first, uh, probably my first show that I did, or it's probably the second show I did. It was at Bolton Albert Halls. It was a, a gin society. It's called, uh, it's a festival that we go to, uh, which we exhibit at. We released the sunshine dinner in Bolton and it just went absolutely mental.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and it was batch olive, yeah. So, have you still got batch olive? I
0: feel like we've drunk it.
1: Yeah, probably. I
0: feel like it
1: really doesn't last a year. In, in the <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it doesn't. I've still got my batch olive. But if it was more commemorative. I had a batch olive and then another batch olive. I drank that one. So yeah. I kept one. Just just for like commemorative, really, but... Yeah, so it kind of, it happened really nicely that Olive was born and then um, we released the sunshine and we got an award for it in the first month as well. We got uh, Best Flavoured Gin Worldwide, the Gin Guide Awards. Yeah, it was really good. Me and Mark were in London at the time, actually. It was for uh, uh, an event called Imbibe, which is like, I can't really describe it to you. It's It's like the Glastonbury of the alcohol world. It's oh. absolutely huge. Yeah, it's at the Olympia in London. It's everyone goes there, and it's a big, huge exhibition. And we found out we got this award, so we had a good night in London that way.
0: <laughs> Which of the gins do you do, or is just it's yeah?
1: We did the three, so we did the the signature, the spice, sunshine, and we settled on that, and uh, kind of ran with those for the rest of 2018. Going into 2019, um, and then unfortunately Mark and Liz got some terrible news. Um, Liz got diagnosed with cervical cancer, in so it would have been back in the 2018 January 19. Um, obviously, a huge shock.
2: Yeah.
1: And just not a very nice time for for them, the family, and and everyone. Really, it was a it was a tough old time. Yeah. And. So Liz had to go through that and uh, obviously Mark and the family and a a couple of surgeries later, Liz was uh, cleared of of cancer and uh, obviously then had to start rebuilding their lives from there. And it was a really tough time. But what it did bring was uh, a massive, massive community spirit Think is definitely something about uh, people from Lancashire and from the Northwest. I Our I backers against anyone in the world, to be honest, have been like the best kind of people. Not in an arrogant way either, we're just really nice, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, and I, I yeah. saw like in lockdown um, on like the Cookie Gin Instagram and stuff, like when it was this Thursday, like 8 pm clap for carers, and like Liz would sing, wouldn't she? And like,
2: yeah, that- that's
0: right. Like, the whole community of Cuckoo, I feel, are so like. It's so family. Like I know it's not alcohol,
1: but like it, the whole things are so family. Yeah. It's, it's so nice. It's yeah. But that's what it was. It was uh the the community all came together and Mark and Liz and uh, they got some really good support from people. And it was a strange time because you kind of come out of that elation of having your first child, yeah, and then getting the news that you've got this terrible cancer I and mean, it's literally the chances of it happening was not percent you know what I mean? And severely unlucky and, and really sad. And the community and uh, everyone associated with the distillery and the family all came together and offered support and um, thankfully now Liz is back fighting fit and, 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 and obviously uh, free of cancer. But in line with that, we needed to make that negative into something really positive. And one thing that we're quite good at now, I think we've kind of, we've kind of, uh, speak of the devil here is. Mark's just walked in. Oh, you can't see him, but he's walked in. Um, and walked in at a time that is very hard to speak about as well. Um,
2: <laughs> he,
1: um, so, yeah, we, we wanted to turn it into... Um, something uh really positive and we've got quite good at making gin yeah uh, and we wanted to with this in mind but I came back up, obviously after you have some time off with us. Um, and we started a project then to to release an, another gin yeah and that's when the uh the solace gin was born then oh, so yeah so the solace came about from tragic circumstances but because the community was so good with us we we wanted to give something back, and we also wanted to, uh, to, to make the gin and then to, to collaborate with a charity as well. Right. So we collaborated with Jaws Trust right. Cervical Cancer Charity. And they're based down in London, and they're kind of the, the leading charity in terms of uh, in fighting cervical cancer. Okay. And we wanted to get involved with them and raise awareness for cervical screenings, uh, for women and and to be honest, for blocks as well to go and get checked. Uh, especially now, we made a big try to make a, even more of a shout about it during the pandemic because people weren't going. People weren't going to the to the tests anyway. So you throw a pandemic in, and it's it's more difficult then for people to go and uh, to to get tested. So we released the gym. Um, it's more of a Mediterranean style, so that's kind of what Markham is like in a gin. Like olives, olive, that's why I probably called the daughter olive. I know for a fact that's why they call <laughs> the daughter olive. Um, so olives, rosemary, thyme, uh, basil, grapefruit, lemon. Uh, we salt and pepper in distillation as well. It's really nice and savory, lovely Mediterranean flavors in the solace. And we call it solace because it's comfort in a time of distress. We don't yeah, know what man. people are going through. Um I mean, generally, when people come to the distillery, it's always the first drink we offer them because you don't know. People have their own battles, don't they? So, yeah. uh, it's always something we try and offer. And we we released it at a charity event that we hosted at the distillery in September 2019. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, seems like such a long time ago now. Um,
0: I feel like yeah, I we went to the so as well as like the cuckoo workshops and the tours they do, they also have they have like the bar and it's called like the cuckoo nest. Um,
1: Cuckoo's nest, yeah,
0: yeah. And so we went in October 2019, and um, honestly, I think it it must have been the stars I had because it was the new gin that was out, and if that was out in September, that would make sense for October. Um, yeah, it's, it's sort of like all sort of wooden inside. It feels like I don't know what the word is, very like, like really warm and cozy. Yeah. And obviously, like they sell their gin there. So that's like another fun thing to do for after COVID to like pop on down to the cuckoo's nest for like a gin with friends. Yeah. Um, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So the reason we, uh, like the nest itself is a, it's mad. It's another reason why we wanted to kind of give something back to the community because you'll know when you come, it gets so busy.
0: The atmosphere is so good. It is. Oh,
1: it's it's amazing. Um,
0: It's it's unique as well because it doesn't feel like a pub. It feels like you kind of in a like. It feels like oh, this is where they make the gin. But then it it does also feel like a um, like a pub, but not a pub. It's weird, but it's really cool. It's yeah. Yeah. Recommend going.
1: Yeah, it's like a. You feel like you're in a barn. Yes. But then you're in a pub and then maybe a restaurant, and maybe an illegal rave. all yeah, all wrong. that. One to <laughs> so it's pretty cool. But yeah, we when we launched it, in, we had a charity night, and we raised £26,000 on that night. Wow. Um, the most nervous I've ever been for anything in my whole entire life. I stand up in front of hundreds of people doing tours and workshops and yeah. doing talks yeah. around the country, and then I was... Asked to, I was tasked with uh, doing the speech before we did the auction and the charity night and welcoming everyone else. Literally, I was pacing. It was, but
2: oh.
1: <laughs> so we, we nailed it. We got the the auction was amazing. We got different things donated locally from local businesses and
2: yeah, a couple
1: of, a couple of local football clubs put like signed merchandising and and stuff like that. So it was it was fantastic. And now the solace has kind of come part of that portfolio. It never meant to, but it's a really nice positive to come out of what was um, a pretty awful situation.
0: So then 2020 hit after the release of Solids. Did you release any more gins and like how's COVID been? Obviously, like the workshops couldn't happen all the time when like the restrictions were very harsh and um, mm. the cuckoo's nest was shut, but how's it been? Have more people bought your gin?
1: Yeah, it's been really, sh- it's been, uh, it's been strange, you know, it's been something obviously that no one will ever forget, it's kind of part of history, you know, aren't you, with this, it's been all, oh, like, no one's going to sugarcoat it, it's been absolutely terrible, hasn't it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not been fun for anyone, but we also released a run, mm-hmm. a Cuckoo a run, in November 19,
2: uh-huh.
1: so just before Christmas. Uh, we didn't really shout about it. We just released it. So that became part of the portfolio then as well.
0: I need to um, answer that because on your website, it says like um how to serve it. And it says how to make a mojito. And that is the one thing that I have so missed, like a mojito. When like it's yeah. reopened, I had like several in like a restaurant and, oh, I love them so much. So I need to get this rum to try making it at home. But so that's it like, well, it's honestly, a- it,
1: it makes a crack in mojito, honestly, it really does. Yeah, it's one of my favourite cocktails as well. So it's, I have to be careful of what, what I bring home because I could probably develop a serious problem. <laughs> i <I'm> just <laughs> having rum in the house all the time. So I always, summertime is for rum, for me anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, like with mojitos and stuff. But we released the rum on the back of another story. We're all about stories, we always like to intertwine. Yeah a story with releasing something, and um, it's from a, another thing that Graham discovered, actually. It's a chap from Chorley called uh, Charles Light Lightoller, and this chap was the highest-ranking officer to survive the Titanic. Wow. He then fought in World War One and survived that, and then retired, as you would. But it was a tough six years for him, that, wasn't it? Yeah. Titanic, it? <laughs> World War One. Yeah. Um, so he retired. he's bought this boat called the Sundowner. He's gone sailing around the world, and then World War II came along, and Operation Dynamo was launched when Churchill and everyone sent the civilian boats over. You might see the film Dunkirk. Uh, yeah. Harry Styles is in it, and Cillian Murphy. You know, and I guess not a risk. We knew it'd do. It would do well, uh, but we didn't know much about the run marketing. But it's done exceptionally well. And it's, like you say. It makes a crack cracking mojito. And in terms of just a rum, it's, it's, it's up there. It's really, really good stuff. But in terms of like, yeah, he's gone over on a civilian boat from Dover. And he's brought back 150 soldiers from Dunkirk on his boat. And he's from Chorley. So he's a proper local hero. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: a lot of this, we've got a lot of family ties in Brindle as well. Uh, so with this in mind, we released a rum and called it Sundown a Rum in his mm-hmm. honour after his boat. Uh, and that, that became part of the portfolio then but obviously a different spirit went into the run market Um something we literally we walked away not absolutely nothing about um, so it was a bit of a COVID yeah we've never we've never had a full run at it really so we we released we, we started in June 17 so that's halfway through a year and then 2018 comes along and yeah, It's your first full year and then I came on board and then you kind of still find your feet. 2019, you sit down in January and you plan everything out and you get some terrible news.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, with, with Liz and, and, and uh, having to deal with that and that, the heartbreak that brings. And then 2020, January, we sit in this office. We're all like, this is our year. We're going to have a full year at Cuckoo.
2: Yeah.
1: We're going to proper expand. Uh, the brand and have a real good crack at it, and then obviously this global pandemic happens, and we're like, well, we'll, we'll have to deal with this now. Yeah. Again, I was up in Glasgow actually at a show called Gin to My Tonic. We do uh, we do a few of them every year. So there's one in one in Manchester, one in Liverpool, Glasgow, Cardiff. We do one as well. But I was up in Glasgow, and it was the last kind of thing I did
0: in yeah. terms of every March
1: yeah before everything got locked down then and it was I was I was at home for three weeks so kind of end of March into April we didn't really know what was going on I think we we're in the same boat as everyone else thinking like what what can we do and I was doing like cocktail videos in my kitchen at home <laughs> uh, and <laughs> just doing stuff like that just keeping the content up and
2: yeah
1: well, hopefully making people smile and laugh a little bit and yeah so we're doing the cocktail at home and then uh, online sales picked up and Mark was like you're going to have to come back to work and I was, I was buzzing and I was thinking this is amazing I can because honestly at the time you're thinking am I going to have a job at the end of this or because
2: yeah.
1: um, hospitality has just took a huge hit mm. Uh unfortunately I heard of a lot of people losing out on their jobs and, and their businesses but fortunately for us people especially locally started ordering online and then me and Mark became delivery drivers yeah. uh, between April and sort of August, really.
0: Yeah.
1: We were delivering Wednesday, Thursdays and, and packing deliveries t- during the week and it just really took off and can't thank people enough, really. It's really kept us going and kept people in jobs and feeding their families. So, yeah, it's been it's been incredible in terms of, obviously, it's been an incredible year in, in, in a couple of ways, and it? it's incredible in the fact that we never thought we'd ever have to deal with anything like this. But we've had, we've had some great support, both locally and nationwide, and it's, uh, it's been a bit bittersweet for us, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also you made, in, um, in Christmas time, a load of those like crackers with the gin in. Yeah. You a few of them for like people. So they were cool. They were like a little cracker that you kind of twisted, and then like had like a little mini sort of gin in. Um, yeah. They were cool. So let me try. Well, I can't actually believe that we only have one bottle of cookie gin in the house. Like normally we have. <laughs> I was like, I need to buy some more. But why don't you t- tell me about this gins I've got? So it's slow down gin. Slow down.
1: Yeah. So like you mentioned Christmas, then. Uh, then crackers, you will not believe the word that went into wrapping those crackers. I have to give a shout out to to Anna and Jack, uh, the two uh, members of our buy team. So the, nest, the whole NEST team, uh, they deserve a big shout out they've kind of adapted and yeah. uh, helped us along the way when we were able to open uh, during the summer for the supper clubs. there changed the job role completely and became and became waiters and waitresses and
2: mm-hmm.
1: bartenders and chefs and cooks and everything. Um, but Anna and Jack came on board and started making these crackers. Honestly, I tried, maybe, I'll downplay how many I made because I'll get in trouble, <laughs> but probably about 10 attempts of twisting these crackers and I just ruined it completely. <laughs> And um, so I thought we need to draft in some proper soldiers to do it. And, and yeah, they ended up making around 5,000 crackers.
0: Wow.
2: No. And
1: we, we sold every single one of them, yeah. which is just incredible. Um, but yeah, this in, in line with keeping things uh, fresh and with the year that we had, we wanted to release a, a limited edition. And it was something that we've had on the back burner probably for I'd say about a year and a half where we've initially planned doing something with slaws, mm-hmm. uh, but we never really had the opportunity and it was perfect. We had time to develop a recipe and time to to come up with a nice story and brand behind it. And that's how the slow down was born. So we, we called it slow down. So it's S L O E for slow and then yeah. down so it's basically a time of reflection for um, myself and mark i guess it was um and everyone at the distillery kind of slow down and realize what's important i know it's been a terrible year for other things but i guess the positive that's come out of it is you kind of realize what's really important in your life and things like family and friends and,
2: yeah
1: uh, that's kind of why we released it and it was sit back have a pour and a slow down gin and just take time to relax and i guess try and enjoy yourself in a time where it's really hard to enjoy, your, enjoy things um but yeah we released it in november uh, 700 limited edition bottle release and wow. they're all gone like i said to you on the when we were talking about doing the podcast it's you've probably got some of the last bit of slow down in there
0: yeah so so you're the expert on gin how well well (laughs) we said that like when we were like you said when we were arranging it we said "Oh, it'd be really cool to like taste some so then Mm. because i know like when you taste wine you swill it you smell it you sniff it you do that funny thing yeah
2: yeah
0: so i wanted to know like (laughs) how how do i do it what measurements do i do yeah. there's a funny story that i do have to share which is so i've got one of these like measuring mill things and um, then right. but like a number one and a number two and then on the side, the number one is 30 mil and the number two is 60 mil. And when my yeah. boyfriend like came round for the first time, well, not the first time, like relatively, he thought that the yeah. number one was like a single and the number two was like a double. So he made mum a number two, which was 60 mils. And she was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only got this. So what measuring should I
1: measure? Right, so, I mean, traditionally in this country, uh it's multiples of twenty-five. Okay,
0: I'll do
1: so. Yeah. so
0: twenty-five, because I've not had much to eat, and I am such a lightweight. So
1: we'll go with <laughs> So it'd be so a single shot would be twenty-five mil, and a double will be uh, fifty mil. So sixty mils is round about right. I'd have that as a double. I haven't got a measure, so I'm just gonna. Yeah, well, away. you
0: you'll be used to like guessing. <laughs> so then. I'll...
1: Yeah. So there's oh if God. you. General rule is if you want a single, this isn't, don't quote me on this. And uh, it's definitely not, if you, this is the way you're doing your measurements, it's not going to be bang on. But if you pour it in, like I've already poured it. Yeah. But for one, two, three, that's a single. One, two, three, four, five, six, a double. Yeah. So there's count, count in your head when you're pouring it. That's just the way I, I do it. It's probably that's, not real. But, I like
0: that. So I've got the gin in my glass. As I said before, I didn't have any ice. That was a bit annoying, but that's yeah. fine. Normally you'd put ice in it. So then- Normally
1: you'd stick, stick loads of ice in it, yeah.
0: So then I've got Mediterranean tonic. I do like this, but then some people say that it ruined, like you then can't taste the flavour of the gin and it's better to have like
1: yeah.
0: a more like plain tonic. But what do you think? Yeah, say?
1: just tell those people to shut up. They don't know what they're <laughs> talking about. Um, <laughs> if you ask me uh Mediterranean is my favourite, I have it with most of Yeah. Again, it's it's subjective. If you like your gin with lemonade, that's absolutely fine. People say it's like a, a travesty and stuff, but as long as you're drinking cuckoo, I don't really care what you put in. Uh-uh.
0: Yeah. So it doesn't matter. the whole tonic goes in normally.
1: How? You've got a can, haven't you?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you using I've got a bottle of med.
0: Yeah, this is like so
1: 150 now. 150, and this is 200. So what I would do, if you've got a bottle of tonic, and again, it's subjective, but it's just the way I like my yeah. prices, I'd have a double shot, and I would use about three quarters of the bottle. Okay.
0: So shall I use that then, of the
1: can? And then the can, I'd use the whole can. Okay, we'll
0: go for the whole
1: so I've probably used there about 150ml of the bottle. And then what I do then, I'll have a single shot and then I'll use the rest of the oh. panicking of a single shot. If I was on like a big session, <laughs> not just like every night.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But yeah, I have no ice either, but cheers.
0: Cheers. Cheers.
1: <laughs>
0: so how are you meant to you just drink it or...? You meant to smell
1: it. Oh, if you're trying it neat, I can't believe you're drinking it in a Whitley Neil glass.
0: Do you know what? I looked for a cuckoo one. I couldn't find a cuckoo one. And then the only the only other one was um like I don't like the ones that are just like I like the ones with the hand the
1: with this, um, the top copper glasses.
0: Yeah, I feel they're just a bit more yeah. classier, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you sell cuckoo glasses?
1: We do, yeah. <laughs> I'll
0: add that to my, my, my
1: basket after the pot. Yeah. <laughs> was, uh, so if you're trying it neat, uh, it's nice to just kind of swill it. So just have a little bit in your mouth and, and taste it mm-hmm. uh, to get real flavours out of it. And then, yeah, with tonic, just get it down there. Once the tonic's and it's ready to drink. It's quite
0: warm
1: man. it feels very comforting. Mm. Yeah. So with the slow? Slow down, we've got uh, obviously slows, uh which some of them are picked locally, others um, we've got from uh, the company we use in Preston. Um, then we use blackberries. And we use some berries called gulfiera berries, which are grown in uh, in Ribbington. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the, only place, the only place in Britain where these berries are grown is in Ribby. Uh, so, the Riveting Heritage guys donated some of them, the berries for us. We used some of them. And then we used some of the honey, which we put in the Sunshine Gin from the Bee Centre. Yeah. And then there's things in there like uh, there's a bit of plum in there and there's some damson in there. I'm uh, getting that
0: kind of flavouring, like there's
1: some plummy, yeah. Uh, w- winter fruits.
0: Yeah, those types. And then the,
1: the honey will kind of round it off with nice sweetness. There's vanilla in there, there's clove, there's a bit of cinnamon in there as well. So nice, festive flavours, really. Yeah, I
0: like the cinnamon, yeah. No, that's good. What do you put in, do you recommend like putting anything in the gin as well, like fruit or
1: like juniper berries? Yeah, for the slaw, I would put uh, a piece of lemon and some blackberries. Uh
0: Uh,
1: The signature gin, I would put just a piece of orange
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The spiced, uh, spice goes nice with a sprig of rosemary or some black peppers, something like that, something savoury and, and aromatic. Sunshine, lemon and raspberries.
0: Is the sunshine one a bit, not lighter, but like, because this feels very warm and wintry. That one feels a bit more summery, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, so it's m- much lighter in terms of in terms of botanical strength in there. So there's much lighter ingredients in the sunshine, like uh, elderflower, raspberry, lemon, uh, vanilla. So they're kind of things that balance really well. But in terms of like the spice, you've got bulky flavours like black pepper, ginger, cinnamon, clove. So they're really big hitters.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you much lighter. The sunshine's a much lighter drink. Uh, and Obviously more associated with summertime as well. Uh, and then the solace, I've put some grapefruit, some olives in there, Uh some salt and pepper maybe if you like it more savoury. And yeah. then rum rum and cork, rum and ginger, mojitos, Mai Tai, stuff like that. And then we do we do a vodka as well, which we released in oh. uh, in May of this year. We got really bored. So why don't we make a vodka?
2: Nice. So we
1: released that. That's called Cuckoo Spring vodka. So that celebrates the uh, the spring water. Yeah. You'll notice all the all the gins and the rums and the vodka, uh, they all begin with an S. So signature spice. Sunshine, solace, lowdown, sundowner, spring.
0: Why is that?
1: Don't really know, to be honest. It um, kind of just happened. We released the signature of the spice and the sunshine and then it kind of became a habit then and we we can't go back in it now. So everything we release is probably going to have an S. But we're running out of S's, so we'll have to come up with something else. I think.
0: That is so, I, I'm gutted that's limited edition, but like
1: Yeah I know, you know but so I guess, it'll never happen again. I know. We might we're gonna make another winter gin and it might have slows in it, but it won't be it won't be that one. So what
0: do you think about like, you know, in Christmas when there's, like mold wine, like not hmm. this Christmas but last Christmas, they were selling in like I think it was York Christmas markets, it was like warm gin.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can you can have the slow down one, bit of hot water, some cinnamon sticks in there, some lemon, yeah. like a gin hot toddy. Uh when the nest is open over winter time, uh we serve a, a bowl of gin. We usually use the spice, uh and put like orange juice, apple juice, a bit of wine in there, uh cinnamon cloves, orange. So yeah, you can it's it's a nice alternative, to, if you don't like mold wine,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: Bold exactly. wine can—it's quite heavy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. In terms of like the workshops, then, so if people want to do them when they, like everyone's been vaccinated <laughs> or yeah. like when everything's back open, how do they book that? Like, what do they make their own gin? I've not yet yeah. done that. I shall. Be oh,
1: doing it. <laughs> not good enough, is it?
0: No, I got from a, when I was twenty-one. I got for my birthday I, a voucher, and it's like an evening at the cuckoo's nest or a workshop. Mm. And then it turned out it was an evening at the cuckoo's nest, and I was like, "Yeah, I can have the workshop too." But yeah, I will, I will, <laughs> come. I will come. I promise.
1: <laughs> yeah, the um, so we do tours. The tours are uh, probably the most popular one we do. So you come along and you get get the four gins, uh, and then you talk through the process of we make the gin and but basically what we do and it's a pretty good night it's about two hours long you do a quiz at the end and you can win prizes
0: um, Prizes like cuckoo gin
1: yeah we basically you get to win a bottle of your choice <laughs> or a glass or something like that. Um, so and then the workshops you get the same you get the tour involved in the workshop but you also make your own 70cl bottle of gin uh, in one of our mini stills so we, you kind of become the distiller for the day uh, in the workshops, uh, in terms of booking them, it's all on the website, so brindledistillery.co.uk. Uh You can book. Um, there are dates on there now.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, obviously, if, if you book if you book an experience now, if it's cancelled, we'll just roll it on until you're able to do them. Uh, or you can buy a voucher, and you can book it anytime you want. Then, if you've got a voucher, so. But hopefully, they'll start going ahead. Uh, we were able to do between July and, well, I can't even remember when it was, when it started kicking off again. Um, July, and September, we, we were able to do the, uh, the workshops and tours again, but, but until we're out of this. Um, <laughs> when,
2: this
1: when, we're, when we'll get out of yeah. it. With... <laughs> yeah, when we get out of it, we don't know when, but they'll start up again and uh, yeah. they're really good.
0: What's like the one, Thing like the mistake or something we're making gin. Do people put too many ingredients in, and then it tastes disgusting? Or like, is every gin that they make savable, or are just some disgusting?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we first started doing them, uh, there was a couple made, and we were like, right, we need to try and regulate this because some of them were absolutely terrible. Um, and but then you're paying, you're paying a lot of money to come and listen to us talk, and then. You want to go home with a decent bottle of gin, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, it's all about measurements. And it's uh, the same in when you're making 700 bottles. When you're making one bottle, your measurements have got to be Bob on. So we talk you through mm-hmm. uh, recipe, development, balance, and, uh, and measurements. So you get a scales and you weigh out your botanicals. You're only making one bottle of gin, so you'll find less is more. Yeah. You don't put that much in it to make a just one bottle of gin. So it's uh basically we make sure that you don't go on with anything rubbish. We always make sure that you uh, that you get the measurements right and you go on with something that you like.
0: I like that. That's good. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> this I can't get over how good this one is. I don't think I've the bottle of the one, obviously it's not like that empty. So we need to get on that. Um,
1: you've got a fair bit left there to be fair
0: yeah that's embarrassing I (laughs) I feel like yeah so just to like finish if people want to buy your gin from vodka or (laughs) book online for the tour or come to Cookies Nest how's the best way to follow what's going on and where can they buy the gin yeah
1: so obviously we talked a little bit about about booze and weight and and we're in uh, smaller independent places. So if you're over like the River Valley, we're in like Dee Burns Wines in Cudderoe. Uh, we're in Holdsville at Cudderoe. Mm-hmm. We're in Wally Wine Shop, and can buy us from there. And then more over this way, uh, Barbie House at Wrightington, you can get us in there and various sort of uh, small independent bottle shops. Yeah. Uh, you're able to find us in and stuff. Um, and now you can buy directly from us at the distillery. We're still able to open uh, as an off-licence, so you're allowed to come in and if you've got any bottles empty, which I think you said you've got a few empty bottles, yeah. uh, you're able to come and refill them now. Um, that's good. So it's £5 off the original price if you come and refill your bottle. So there's a, that's, that's an option. If you've already got some bottles you want to refill, um, experiences all books online uh, you can either use a voucher or you can book a specific date when you go on, onto the website uh, but best thing you can do really is follow follow Facebook Cuckoo um, Gin on Facebook Instagram at Cuckoo uh, that's where most of our content is and we put we try and do What should I say I try and do cocktail video kind of every other week it was every week during lockdown but there's other things to do now <laughs> yeah, yeah. so uh, we normally try and keep the content up and do a few fun things like cocktail making and different yeah. drinks and sometimes see me making an idiot of myself in a, in a van when I'm delivering and stuff like that so
0: yeah mum was saying when you delivered well she when we had some of it delivered in lockdown she said that it was you I
1: was like, oh, it's a yeah. A beard. I was like, the one with the beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, all them platforms are on Twitter as well. If you're if you're on Twitter, um, but Instagram's probably the one that we do most things on, uh, keeping up to date. Uh, we have a couple of lockdown things going on at the moment, like uh, a few lockdown deals, collaborations that we've we've got something called Foodie Fridays at the moment. There's a a wonderful Little business started up in lockdown by one of our friends, Jess, uh, called Create Box, and she makes a uh, savoury and sweet little uh, grazing and nibble boards, basically. And we've teamed up with her. Nice. So every Friday, if you order before Tuesday at ten p.m. every Friday, you get a, a tasting kit of all our gins and uh, one of Jess's Create Boxes. Um, they look amazing.
2: So, nice, yeah, that's
0: yeah.
1: I'm just trying to trying to keep up and. Uh, just yeah just make the best of a bad situation are you?
0: definitely definitely so yeah if anyone wants to buy cuckoo gin or go and visit them after covid lockdowns and everything then check out their website or instagram facebook twitter or in supermarkets that tom mentioned yeah thanks yeah. Tom. thanks for your
1: time no, thank, thank you for your time it's been uh, it's been nice to do something a bit different mm.
0: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire Lass, follow on Facebook and Instagram at From a Lass.